If you're taking supplements, do you know what to pay attention to when shopping around? Could your supplements be contaminated? Are they safe? What do you really need to know? So Bob and I have talked a lot about supplements in previous episodes, but today we have an expert guest on the show, Joel Totoro, to get some more clarity and clear some confusion about supplements. In addition to learning why not all supplement companies are the same. Welcome to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast, your source for all things sports nutrition related. This show is hosted by myself, Dina Griffin, and my co-host, Bob Sibahar. We are both registered dietitians and board-certified specialists in sports dietetics with combined professional experience exceeding 40 years. We're here to help provide translations of nutrition and sports science to real life, give you interviews with a variety of experts and athletes where you enhance your knowledge and bring a great nutrition convo to you each week. So today we're lucky and happy to have Joel Totoro on the show. Joel is a registered dietitian and the director of sports science at Thorne. You'll get to hear so much more about him and his background but he also is the overseer of human performance integration with Thorne's sports partners, and he serves as the liaison to the medical affairs, research, and design teams over at Thorne. And we spend a lot of time talking about the ins and outs of supplements. This is a stellar conversation and one you know, I even learned some things and it's always good to share that knowledge and education with all of you as well, especially since the supplement world is uber confusing. So thank you for being here for episode number 96. Real quick before we get to the show, just wanted to give a last call for all the women and females out there over 40 who are into ultra running and really wanting to focus some time on getting your performance fueling in place, not only to have optimal performance, uh, but looking at recovery, nutrition, preventing nutrient deficiencies, working with an aging body if you're going through perimenopause or postmenopause the whole shebang. Uh, This course is an eight-week program. It's going on sale here very soon. So if you're interested in learning more, you can head over to nutritionmechanic.com and you'll find a link to get on the wait list there and get some more info so that you can get into the program starting in now it's in early October so anyhow that is the scoop thank you all for being here and enjoy this episode number 96 on supplements with Joel Totoro well Dina pills powders and potions which one should we take if we should take how we should take we're going to answer all those questions today, right? So we've got a super special guest here, one of our colleagues, sport dietitians, Joel Totoro from Thorn Research. Uh, but we're going to get into where where Joel's been because he's, I mean, Joel's been actually a pioneer in the sport dietitian field. So before we launch into that, Dina, how excited are you to talk about supplements today? I'm super excited. It's always a topic area that is massive. And I think so misunderstood and confusing a uh, number of questions pop up not only from safety perspective but just how to figure out you know when we make decisions or guide our athletes you know what 
<laughs> what is happening in the industry. So yeah, super excited to have you on the show, Joel. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is uh, exciting. All right. So there's like a million and one supplements on the market. I'm just saying that I have no idea how many, it seems like there's 10 million, right? But before we jump into that, Joel, we are like, I mean, honestly, you have progressed so wonderfully through the sport dietitian progression and the career. Can you just take us you know, quickly through your progression as a registered dietitian, sport dietitian, because you've had so many roles and I may get this wrong, but were you one of the first sport dietitians in the NFL? I think you were, weren't you? Yeah, I was the first. Uh, That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. 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 So take us through that. Like, okay. So you went to school through nutrition, got your RD. Like what, what, what happened then? Like why, why sport nutrition? Yeah. So it, it's kind of always where I wanted to go. Um, but as you know, it, it wasn't a formed fully functioning um, profession at the time, you know, you had dietetics, you had coaching uh, and those of us in it, you know, kind of we're, we're about the same generation. We're like, there's something here and you could do it on the weekends or you could be a consultant for, you know, a marathon or whatnot, but uh, it wasn't really a fully cooked idea yet. And not in our minds, but in, you know, the team minds and whatnot. So I was super fortunate my senior year, I went to the university of Connecticut doing a coordinated program. Uh, and Jeff Volick came over with Dr. Kramer and the whole exercise physiology program. Oh. And I was like, this is awesome. This is exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, yeah. I'm not wrong in thinking that there's something here. And I mean, uh, you, you came into the profession at the time. Jeff was the first male RD I met in person. Yep. And, yep. you know, he had the exercise physiology background. And because I, in my brain, I was like, uh, you know, when I was going in, I was like, I love this. I love the idea. I was like, is it orthopedic medicine? Is it PT? Didn't know nutrition was really uh, a thing that I could play in. And as I kind of I played in pharmacy for a little bit and I was like, all right, what I actually want to do is just nutrition. Right. And that not just nutrition, that's downplaying the millions right. of biochem classes. But uh, yeah. but I was, you know, I was kind of doing the dual major, trying to get my exercise physiology in my can. I was like, there's something here. But uh, so I got to work with Jeff and really, I mean, he's just an amazing person to have, have worked with and, and really showed me that, yeah, everything I'm thinking is someone smarter than me agrees. Right. Uh, but I finished kind of my, my RD and I <clears throat> was one of those, I, I say it's the biggest mistake of my life, uh, but it worked out. Okay. Is uh, I didn't stay and, and do try and do grad work with, with Volick and just continue okay. to absorb all the amazing. Cause I was like, Oh, I'll go, I'll get a job. And I was like, and you know, I'll let them fund my masters and whatever. Yeah. That's kind of where I was paid for school myself. So Jeff was like, all right, fine, but you're, you're not going to be in clinical long. And what I love is that oh. he saw, he saw something in me more than I did. So, uh, worked in the ICU for a couple of years, loved it. Um, it's, it was really awesome that I was able to kind of roll my first job. I had nine ICU beds, so I was able to really wow. get thrown into it wow. and, and really see nutrition at the highest level. And, and Volet called me and he's like, Hey, you're going to get a call from this guy. The Patriots are looking for somebody. And I'm, yeah. you know, I'm from the area. They'd already won two Super Bowls. And I was like, okay, what do I know? But, you know, <laughs> it's such a young field that nobody knew anything. Right. So, uh, right, right. Uh, so I interviewed thinking I was going to give, you know, like a talk during training camp or whatever. And I, it, you know, I was, I think 10 hours the first week. And by the start of the second week, they're like, can you just quit your job at the hospital? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> like, no kidding. Yes. Yeah. What year, what yeah. year was that? I was 2004. Wow. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So back then it was, you know, there was, 25 of us in the industry so yeah right. i get to be a pioneer in an industry only because it hadn't been done before but right you know and it was you know it was a handful of people in college uh you know you were around at the time there were people yeah. doing the olympics and a couple yeah. of people in the military and that was the whole profession full time so yeah uh yeah so i i went from there and kind of 
continue to go to the program at, at New England for eight seasons. And then, wow. um, you know, it kind of football I'd done and I uh, grew up, uh, I've always felt like hockey had, was, had another huge impact where nutrition was underlooked. And I went to University of Connecticut, so basketball is a big thing. So yeah. University of Michigan was growing their program uh, and they were also designing a high performance lab. They got a huge funding. So I got to go there and kind of help design that and kind of expand my my reach and figure out how nutrition applies to hockey and basketball uh, and did that for three years. And then kind of after my third year, the AD got fired, the football staff got oh. fired. And oh. I was like, you know what? It's, I, I needed to change. I needed to pursue something else. And uh, it was just kind of the, all right, why not? Why not now? So at the same time, I had only recently found out about Thorne and there were enough people kind of on the, on the sports side were like, Hey, we need, cause you know, their, their legacies in the medical space and, dig into that a little bit more later but right. uh you know it was like hey we need this level of quality there's not that many supplement companies that can produce at the quality we want to so they're like hey we're gonna launch a sports initiative and they brought me in they brought uh, a couple other great guys that are still on the team that you know had background in the strength and conditioning world and we brought in west barnett who was a two-time olympian and then worked at the olympic training center forever so i was like all right you guys are doing it right yeah. Let's see where this goes. And I've been doing that for eight years. It's been awesome. That is amazing. You know, that's funny that you mentioned Wes, because I worked with Wes when I was at the USOC. So he was, he's phenomenal. Like, yeah. uh, like the most amazing person, one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. Like, is he still there? He's still there. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's, yeah, he is one of the greatest guys ever. And, Unbelievable. you know, he, he is a little bit about his background. He completed competed clean in weightlifting at a time when nobody else did right yep, so yeah he's super passionate he's like well i'm not gonna cheat you tell me like supplements are potentially bad well what is the answer and that's so yeah that's why he's he's passionate about it from his side i'm passionate about it from kind of the the sports dietetic side so yeah uh all the pieces are there to be like all right let's be the good player in this space so so right. it's been great yeah that's awesome. what a great progression so eight years at thorn so far so what is your role there like what are you doing there at thorn yeah, so I, I kind of joke with with people in the industry. It's it's everything uh, I said I was going to do in the off season. Uh, I get to do every day, right? So make sure okay. I'm up on the make sure I'm up on the research. Have time to have these conversations. But so Thorne, I kind of really support any of our partners, um, both on the medical side, anyone who's looking at a performance aspect, right? Like uh, I would say, uh, 20 years in human performance, but most of that has been working on the foundational human, right? So, yeah. uh, if we're working with the doctor group or an orthopedic group and they're, you know, they need, they're writing this post-surgical athlete return to play protocol. Where does nutrition play in? You know, if they don't have a dietitian or if they do have a dietitian, like, Hey, I don't have time for current research. Right. Uh, can you help me write this protocol? So it's everything from supporting existing staffs, uh, oh. to, you know, we have some partners, like we're doing a lot in, esports and nascar and surfing and celebrities that are on tour like so all these things i was like all right well the human body is the human body uh you're yeah. asking you to do things I, I just have to figure out how to help that but you know places where there aren't staffs you know i get to be the full-on you know old old sports dietitian that i was so it's it's a little everything and you know where i was looking at research partners and new technology so i get to be like yeah. i would say uh i i get to be the dumbest guy on the call sometimes which is the greatest yeah. place for me you know for so long i was you know the, the smartest man on the island so it's, yeah it's, it's a really healthy and great uh job that's never the same any any day oh. so. well and you you kind of personify it right but it's like it, it's like i think a lot of people think the supplement industry is bad has a bad connotation as negative it has doping it right so it's kind of a breath of fresh air when we have professionals like yourself and, and other people 
at Thorn and just kind of leading the way, right? So we we definitely appreciate that because that's somewhere where we can go as practicing sport dietitians to make sure that we have the knowledge, we we know where it's coming from, it's research, it's evidence based. So a, a huge shout out to you for sure. Appreciate it. Yeah, and yeah, Joel. As we start talking a little bit more specifically about supplements and just thinking of the industry, it sounds like you've you've seen and been through a lot of like even from a clinical perspective, some of the utility and um, application side, but for listeners, just walking us through like higher level things that you've seen evolve or things that you think are really important for listeners to know about like the industry itself of supplements. I mean, we could put it more in, in um, health related and then performance related supplements, but I know there's some overlap there. But if you could kind of give a higher level perspective and maybe some granular. Yeah. And I'll tell you, uh, I thought I knew, you know, for a sports dietitian, I thought I was pretty dialed in with the supplement world. And then I got in it and I was like, oh, okay. It's, it's a lot. Uh, it's different than even what I thought it was. So I think what a lot of people, there's confusion that uh, supplements are regulated the same way prescription drugs are. And they're not in America. That's just not, there's no such thing as an FDA approved or whatnot um, supplement, right? So uh, while to get a bring a drug to market, you have to prove efficacy. I mean, it takes forever, right? Clinical trials, whatnot. There's very pretty much no barrier to entry to introduce a supplement to the market. So if the three of us wanted to start a supplement company, however long it takes us to find a manufacturer and get suppliers, we can say whatever we want about it, put it in the market. And unless you're a brand new dietary ingredient that hasn't uh, existed before, uh, I think mm -hmm. 1994 is when the the act that kind of regulated uh, supplements came into act. We can just do it. We don't have to ask for approval. There's no pre-market approval by the FDA. So there are a lot of players in the market that aren't there for the right reasons. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people don't understand the difference between, you know, kind of like I can get a, a organic food from the farmer's market and they'll be able to tell me everything. Or, you know, I can get a, you know, prepackaged garbage one that's, you know, it's it's still broccoli but I don't know mm -hmm. anything about it. Right. And that's, yeah. it's pretty obvious when you're buying food, you know, like if I get Kobe beef from the butcher or a McDonald's hamburger, I know those aren't the same thing. Right. But if you walk in, you're like, I want curcumin. Like it's very hard to tell. And um, you know, actually most of the supplement regulation or, or the stronger part of the supplement regulation is through the federal trade commission. So there's mm -hmm. rules on what you can't say, right? Like supplements can't cure anything, right. They can support the body's natural ability to, do X, Y, and Z. So if they're ever curing anything, um, or I always tell people, if, if you, if you hear, if you're reading the label in monster truck voice and it's just all adjectives, you're like, that's not science. Right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, it's pretty, it becomes pretty clear once you know to look for who the good players on the space are. Um, but yeah, so the way the FDA regulates it is they have, um, good manufacturing practices. So they recommend everybody has to have this. You're supposed to follow these rules, but it's self-regulated for the most part. And it takes a little while for, I think, you know, I'm not going to name names, but I think you and I remember there's a couple of supplements out there that basically had like a meth analog in them. Right. Oh yeah. We knew yeah. it. We were, we were able to figure it out yeah. and uh, it still took, you know, years for that to be fully off the market. Cause you know, you get the warning letters and then, you know, you have to go, you appeal and all this stuff. So it's not, it's easy to put something on the market and it's not easy to take it off. And a lot of companies will just rebrand and it's the exact same thing with a different yeah, uh, you know, name. So it's their first warning, but the company's like 50th warning. So uh, mm -hmm. it, it's easy to put a bad uh, product out there. And then it's 
really hard to make a high quality defensible supplement. So there, the phase one is, is it safe for us to take? Right. And then there's phase two, which is where a lot of companies don't go to is like, all right, is it in a form that I can absorb? Is it usable? Will I get a benefit from it? Um, you know, and is there research to back what we say there is? So yeah, it's a very interesting industry and it's, it, it is hard for, it's hard for me as a sports dietitian practitioner to differentiate, but it's even harder for the layperson, especially when you look at a lot of these companies are just marketing companies, right? They, yeah. A lot of these supplements are made in the same place. They're getting it from the same suppliers and it's just different marketing, right? And they, they're a really good marketing machine. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, marketing over science there. So, uh, it takes a little bit to dig in to figure out like, how, why should I trust this supplement company? Yeah. So that's what we're trying to do. There's, there's a few good players in the space and we're trying to hold that mirror up and educate consumers so that, you know, if it's not us, please choose one of these other good players. So. Right. Well, I feel like consumers don't even know where to start, right? Because there's so much confusion. I mean, one, there's so many supplements, but then if we weed through that, it's like, I hear this from athletes all the time. Like, I don't even know where to start. Like even let's just take something basic as creatine, right? They're like, oh, do I just go to my grocery store? Like, you know what I mean? So it's, I think there's a lot of basic education that, that we need to do too, but you know, to the point, like I, I picked up on something you said, and we're going to kind of shift into the, why do we need to know what's in our creatine, in our supplement, in our beta alanine, like whatever it is. Right. I, I think that's one of the things that Dina and I really stress to people is like, we need, we need this third party testing. Right. And we stress it and we talk about it. it's our vocabulary. Can you like, take us through like, what does third-party testing mean? Why is it important? And maybe even share, you know, briefly, you don't have to tell the whole process, but how does a, how does a company like Thorne have to go through third-party testing just so our listeners appreciate this process a little bit? Yeah. So basically third-party testing, I mentioned, you know, you're recommended by the government or told by the government to follow a good manufacturing process, right? Mm -hmm. And the best companies do, but what third-party testing is, you don't have to take our word for it, right? Somebody else is doing it for us and they don't cheat. It's their whole, their whole brand is to make sure that their certification is what it is, right? So we use NSF certified for sport, uh, which is kind of the, the hallmark. It's been around. It was the, one of the first ones. Uh, so what that means to be able to submit for NSF certification for sport first has to be a NSF certified factory or facility, right? Mm -hmm. So Thorne, mm -hmm. we're, we're pretty unique in that we do make all our supplements in-house. We have a giant manufacturing and research uh, facility outside of Charleston, South Carolina. So we have complete control. But if you're sourcing ingredients from elsewhere, is that place, where is that ingredient coming from, right? And there's certain mm -hmm. things, if it's on a band, like DHEA has a use in, in you know, the medical space in certain spaces, but it's banned for competition. So that we can't make that product. We had one, we had to stop doing it when we started to become an NSF certified facility. So to be an NSF certified facility, it's pretty intense. Uh, it's can be a week long, uh, you know, checkup and it's everything from access points of how exits and entrances are, are set up to, you know, who can walk on the manufacturing floor to, we can't, my favorite part of the tour of our facility is you have to take uh, anything that's delivered to us and it's flipped from a wooden pallet into a plastic pallet because there could be contaminants, pesticides, all this stuff in that oh wooden pallet. Gosh. So wood yeah. can't even enter our facility. So once you get into it, you're like, oh, okay. One, how hard it is to be a clean and you know efficacious company, but two, how easy right. it is for things to be accidentally tainted, accidentally, you know, mm -hmm. kind of um, adulterated. So so that's step one. And then step two is you have to submit the product and, and NSF is every lot of the product that you're certified. It's not, mm -hmm. not just one time a year. Um, 
And so a test for banned substance is obviously important for our drug tested athletes, but there's also label claims. So if we say, you know, and you always see the on the label, like this is not approved by the FDA, blah, blah, blah. But if we're going to make a claim that something is impacting, you know, something in the body, uh, for that to be on the label, we have to provide three peer reviewed journals to NSF to make sure that, okay, what we're claiming is even feasible, right? And and then is it in the amounts that match the what the research says? And, you know, it's also, you know, heavy metals, pesticides. So all these things that, uh, you know, may not make you pop on a drug test, but like you kind of don't want in your body, right? So, yeah. uh, so that's kind of how it, how it, how that whole process goes. And, um, you know, they, they spend about four to six weeks, you know, testing every lot. And wow. uh, the thing I love for practitioners and for athletes about NSF is they hold a sample of the product. So even if you're not, uh, you, you just remember when you bought it, there were only two lots available from Thorne at that yeah. time or whoever the company is. So uh, for the peace of mind, because, you know, it's rare that it happens when somebody's like, hey, I, I was taking this is the only thing I was taking. And it's a new uh, banned substance that we weren't testing for previously. And, you know, maybe yeah. it was approved at the time. So it, there is kind of that that guarantee and that peace of mind there around. Uh, I'm not the only one that's that's going to be able to help defend myself. Yeah, for sure. That's a, I mean, that's a super complicated process. Like, honestly, I th- I hope listeners, you understand like how much that actually incorporates. It's not just sending a pill or powder or whatever over and they're like, oh yeah, it's good. Right. Like there's a lot to this, which is why we trust these third-party certifications. Yeah. And what's, what was interesting to me. So I, I was fortunate when I was working at university of Michigan, their NSF uh, facility is, uh, was actually like two blocks down from my apartment. Wow. So I was able to see there, but the NSF team, they have scientists, uh, you know, geniuses that are basically pretending they were going to dope athletes so that they can get ahead of where it's going. So then they can have a test for it. So like the fact that they're kind of like, it's almost like a Donnie Brasco situation, right? Like they're like, we're, we're, we're infiltrated into this bad world so that we can be ahead and be able to catch these people before, (laughs) before they sneak by. So uh, it it, it is super involved and it's a pretty impressive program. That's amazing. Yeah. Would you say Joel that all, peoples, no matter athletes and paying attention to the anti-doping regulations and things, but everybody should look for the third-party testing or are there cases where you say, oh, eh, you don't have to worry so much if it's a certain kind of supplement or would you say like across the board, you know, golden rule always, if, you know, it's indicated to have a supplement, um, dietary or otherwise, it should absolutely be third-party tested. Yeah. I mean, I'm of the opinion that nobody should have banned substances in their in their body, whether they're drug tested or not, and, and nobody should be kind of blindly taking things. So um, yeah. I, I think, yes. And I think, you know, there are some, you know, financial limitations. There There's a cost to doing it. So at Thorne, not everything we produce is NSF certified for sport. It is made in the NSF facility. So in theory, we could we could put everything we make up for sport to be certified for sport, but I would say at least uh, look at is the company certified third party is the fact or facility third party certified, even mm-hmm. if not every one of their product is because um, there's also, you know, companies and we have a few of our products that are just too big for us to certify um, mm-hmm. every bottle that's made in this one, you know, um, form. Right. So there are companies where they'll, they'll do a, a professional sports one where they do this lot for, athletes only sell it to athletes and then the same exact you know product 
Uh, they have ones with that, that aren't labeled, which gets a little tricky for, for athletes, but um, it's still the same kind of quality product. So the, the third-party certification of the facility ensures that you're doing all those things that the government tells you you should be doing, right? So you're not cutting yeah. any corners. So um, that's kind of a, a a phase one. But for me, the easiest way to find a decent, clean supplement program uh, supplement company is to start with the NSF website and and it's pretty easy they have a, a website and an app and you just type in you type in creatine it'll be like all right here's the companies that have gone through it right um and then any company you kind of are looking at if they're if they are third party certified they're going to tell you on their website nobody does it and doesn't talk about it right so yeah. uh the best of us are doing it anyway so we're like of course it's easy for us uh but yeah so i think for me like especially like you know, I don't have children when I have niece and nephews, but I, especially for kids, you know, and we'll, I think we'll dive into that a little bit more, but uh, mm -hmm. of course you don't want banned substances, heavy metals, pesticides. And then on the flip side, you want to make sure that, you know, what's on the label you're actually getting. And uh, I, I think when we talk about supplements and you hit on it a little bit, Bob is um, sometimes we take them like, I don't know if they're working, you know, and, you know, I took, I took supplements for a while and I switched it, you know, kind of got educated and I was like, oh, let me get the, the good version. And I was yeah. like, oh, I feel this, right? I should have been feeling it for years, right? Which means I probably mm -hmm. just wasn't absorbing, uh, you know, or if I was not in the amounts that they needed to be. So that's the other side of it. I think a lot of people were like, yeah, I've tried supplements. They don't work. And I was like, well, mm -hmm. you tried the bad ones, right? Like, let's, you know. Yeah. yeah. So That's such a good point. I know we'll dive into that a little bit. Like a magnesium is not a magnesium across the board. That's where we get more nitty gritty looking, not only for the third party testing, but then the formulation and such. Um, but I was just thinking of a question that, that I hear often are some statements around like when we order supplements online. So even if it is third party testing, could you comment on like the ordering from an Amazon versus ordering direct from a certified facility or manufacturer or provider? Are there worries there? Yeah. So, I mean, anytime you're introducing an extra person that doesn't care about quality and, and whatnot as, as you do. Uh, so we, the, the way we work with Amazon and specifically around NSF products, they do, they are pretty good about weeding out um, bad players or somebody who, you know, is just, you know, we've all gotten fake stuff off Amazon. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. Or, or it says it's NSF certified and they send you a lot that's not right. Cause they don't care, but we do. Right. So Amazon mm -hmm. is really good about cracking down. And I know we have a, we have a, you know, person on our quality assurance staff and quality control staff that is, is part of their job is to monitor that, to make sure people mm -hmm. aren't doing that. So it's always kind of best to order directly from the manufacturer. Cause that's a hundred percent control. Right. Um, but yeah, they are getting a little bit better. And, and especially on the NSF, and NSF themselves monitors all these third-party sellers. So if it's something like Amazon, um, you've got a better chance than if it's just like some random that's they sell, you know, you know, arm sleeves and foam rollers and supplements <laughs> yeah. and whatnot. They may not always be up to date or, you know, you run the risk of like, okay, it expires three days after you get it. Right. So uh, mm -hmm. there's risk there. It's, it's less of a risk. Um, the bit kind of the bigger the company is cause they have, you know, well, we can take action if somebody's, you know, legally selling our, our products. So, um, but yeah, you're always best to go directly, you know, skip the middleman and just kind of get what you can get direct from the, the manufacturers. Okay. Yeah, for sure. You know, one of the challenges I get from a lot of the athletes in, in both 
recreational, meaning non-drug tested us, right. Versus like our collegiate or pro or Olympic is, you know, and everyone is that they say, well, what if I don't have time to go to the NSF website? What if I don't have time to look at the app? I'm like, well, okay, we need to talk about that separately, but is it, is it true that every, cause I hope it's true. Cause this is the message I send that, listen, I, I always say if a supplement is NSF certified for sports, and it's it and it's you know proven and everything is good and and they submitted it and everything checks off. You're gonna put that logo on your bottle, correct, or on your canister or whatever. Like that's. Do you have to do that, or is that just a like a thorn? Like uh, you choose to do that. I'm not sure that you have to, do but you know? why okay. wouldn't you? Right? Like of course, that's, of course. Like, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. gonna. It's a differentiator, and like we want to make it easy for the athletes too. So yeah, it should have the NSF logo on it because we've even had. Uh, you know, and we're, it was a new product and we were waiting for the first round of it where, you know, we were sitting there and we were stickering them just to make sure. Cause like you as yeah. a practitioner, if it comes in your athletes, can I take this? My first look is like no logo. Nope. Or not until I could do more research. Right. So yeah, yes. the, the logo's there and it's uh, you know, they're very strict about who can use it and you know, you have to make sure you're up to date. So yeah, there's some protection there by just looking for the logo. Um right. For sure. So, so that's that's one of my main messages is is athlete A or B or C, right? Just look for the logo, look around the bottle. If it's there, good. Like you don't have to even check it, right? Because it's there, right? But if it's not, that's when we have to do our homework. And that's kind of my main message. So listeners, if you're really confused, like, oh my gosh, I don't know where to start with this. Just look at the bottle, look at the canister, right? If it has that little wonderful NSF certification or one of the other ones that are out there, we are good to go, right? Perfect. Yeah. With all of, oh, Dina, do you have something? Oh, I was just going to add though, however, true or false, uh, even if it's NSF certified, it may not still be the best formulated uh, vitamin or ergogenic aid. Yeah. So right. NSF speaks to uh, truth in labeling, banned substance free. Uh, it doesn't, like I said, there's some truth and making sure if there's a claim on it. Right. But it doesn't, it means it's safe for an athlete to take. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best form. It's in the best, you know, whether it's a tablet or capsule powder, like, so that's not a claim that they make, you yeah. know, so it's, it's safe, uh, has some science behind it, uh, and is clean. Um, but yeah, they don't claim just because you're in NS- now, honestly, most of the companies that do other work to get to the NSF, you're gonna have the best form, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee that. Got it. Well, Joel, why don't why don't all supplement companies go through third party? Is it because of the co- it's cost prohibitive? They just they're just lazy. Like, why do you think? What's going on there? Yeah, so it's a mix of a couple of things. So one, it is. I mean, it is a, a it has to be part of your business plan to be like, hey, we're going to exist in sports, right? And right, we all know sports is not it's not a huge market, right? It's finite, right? There's only so many yeah. drug tested athletes, right? So yeah. it has to be part of your your business plan, and you know the great companies, we have the altruistic side of it, or we've all been passionate about it from having worked on the practitioner side. But um, so part of it is that um, even if you are doing things, like I said, we don't certify every product we make. Um, but on the flip side, it's one, are you actually manufacturing your products? Because if you don't have that ingredient control, then it's, uh, you know, for a while we had, uh, when we were a smaller company, you know, we we didn't have like liquid manufacturing on site. So uh, our liquid partner we were in the top of Idaho, they were too small for them to get certified for sport or to mm-hmm. be an NSF certified facility. So um, it's sometimes it's that it's just like, Hey, all of our partners aren't willing to do this certification. And then you've got the bad players who are like, we couldn't pass. So we're not going to submit it. So there, there's, there's right. kind of like, 
omission because of uh it just logistics right but we're doing yeah. everything right we we could probably pass um and, and you know we're trusted by the the bigger company uh mm-hmm. and then there is just you know the the dirty players that would never pass and sometimes it's as simple as uh you know testing out a spec for heavy metals or for pesticides mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily something that's awful or intentionally there but it's a going to be above this batch is above the nsf minimum right? right or you know sometimes it's just the you know especially when you're working with plants and, and botanicals crops are different right so is it maybe not yes. as strong as the label says and we're not going to relabel all these things so it has to be you have to have the trusted purveyors and we still turn away a bunch of ingredients uh, i think it's like 30 or 40 percent wow. from our trusted suppliers that it's not that they're bad products it's just we, our our regulations are so tight and then right. NSFs are so tight. So and and those products all get resold. It's not like they throw them away, right? And, right, right. And totally. we're you already else. Yeah, and we're already in America getting kind of uh what Europe is is deemed uh not not ready over there or not appropriate over there. So it's kind of a trickle down. So that's that's my question is what are you actually putting in your body? So the, the exactly. NSF certification kind of gives you that it does speak to what's on the label is in there in the amounts and nothing that's not on the label is in yeah. there. So. That's a a, supplement that's just isn't a supplement. I mean, you, we, we really have to have a little bit more more knowledge in that. So, Dina, that was a good one for sure. Uh, Joel, let's you know we want to. So, as practitioners, we we introduce different testing for athletes. So, biomarker testing, genetic testing, other testing to help answer the question: Do you need supplements? If so, how, where you know then then it kind of gets into the okay. If so, where are we where are we finding them? What dosages? What forms? And I know Thorn does offers some like at home testing too. But what's your stance on that? Like, should we do certain tests before we move to incorporating a supplement into our daily lifestyle? Or like, what what is your stance and what's Thorn's take on that? Yeah, I mean, I think ideal world, yeah, you should never be guessing if you don't have to, right? And, and I kind of go back to you know, my start in the ICU, like I'm not mm-hmm. writing a, a TPN for an ICU patient if I don't have lab work, right? It's dangerous totally. and, 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 totally. and not recommended. And I've said kind of the way I look at sports and, and kind of human performance is uh, it's intentional trauma, right? We're doing damage mm-hmm. to our body, right? We just are choosing to do it, right? Yes. Like your body doesn't want to run a marathon. There's a lot of damage yep. involved in it, right? But we yeah. know it's going to happen so we can be ahead of it. But like, I would just like you would never you know, if you have a surgery in the hospital, they're doing blood work, right? So if you have a surgery as an athlete, how are you not following that blood work through to see uh, kind of what you're doing? And then the, the second part of it is the more we get into um, science is backing it up. And I, I know when we started, uh, we had to pull from trauma. We had to pull from, you know, Australia was doing some work. And I mean, I think at the time there were two books and yours is one of them. Yeah. So uh, that, that was the sports nutrition education there. So um, you know, as we dig a little bit deeper into it and we are starting to test athletes, we're starting to see some, you know, deficiencies or suboptimal areas because the demands of what we're asking or what we're taking up, there's a biological cost to what we're doing. Right. And right. It, it's cool to try and just survive, but that's not what we are asking or what, what we want. So it, it is, are there certain nutrients that, you know, you looked at, you talked about magnesium. That's actually how I found Thorne. I just couldn't find one. And, and I've been mm-hmm. on the magnesium train for a while, but you have to do a separate, separate, separate blood test. So we were guessing that they were probably mm-hmm. low. And, you know, we had, you know, uh, science on like, you know, magnesium losses and demands of, of being in a, a, a highly trained athletes. But, and then we started getting into blood work, the red blood cell magnesium. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, some of these athletes were clinically low, not just right. suboptimal or deficient. So when it, we start to learn about those different nutrients, it's, it's, I'm not sure I could write a diet that actually fits the needs. That is, if 
fits the macros, macros fits their, their everything else. Right. So there are certain nutrients and, you know, vitamin D is a perfect one. Like show me the diet plan that gives you adequate yes. vitamin D in Colorado in yeah. February. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. So uh, knowing that that's a truth and that, you know, athletes demands are kind of higher and, and, you know, food preferences, intakes, whatever may not be matching that. I have to have an option for them. Right. So that's kind of what led me to the supplement world is I was like, all right, if, if this is going to be the answer, I have to find a trusted source. So, um, blood work definitely guides you there. And it's, it's one of the things where we're passionate about Thorn. So Thorn was founded 40 years ago, almost 40 years ago. Um, and it's a great story legacy wise. So the founder of the company saw where the industry was going, built this plant. We, he wanted to be a thorn in the side of the the industry and oh, threw an okay. E, okay. threw an E on the end to be a little swaggy. Uh, but he built <laughs> nice. as the he built the um facility up in uh Sandpoint, Idaho, which is you know about half an hour south of the Canadian border. And it was like, if you want good supplements, you'll find me, which is awesome for a legacy story. Not great for business, but awful for totally. a legacy story, right? So that's kind of Thorne's guiding principle is to be to educate the consumer, right? And if you are educated on what your body needs and health and wellness and performance and you're educated to the point where supplement is a right, a choice for you. Here's our options. Right. But you know, it's, it's kind of our mission is to help you. I would say you have to be the CEO of your own health. Right. And so that's where we're going. And and you've seen the, the cost of, you know, testing. I mean, DNA's test was like, I don't know, $10 billion for the first one. And now it's like $47. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, so we are, so as that's come down, we've kind of tried to allow the athlete and the consumer to have access over their health. So we're looking at what, you know, does science say we can, you know, validate and test through a saliva or finger stick or urine sample, right? So what can you do at home without having to go? So just in, in, remove those barriers to access to healthcare. Uh, we do have some blood work panels where you can, you know, just go to a quest, you know, it's through our telehealth doctors. And then mm -hmm. we have a really awesome gut test, which I could talk about for another whole hour. But, yeah. uh, you know, so it is kind of like allowing you to have, because so many people were, you know, even athletes, they'd have the physical once a year and that's the only feedback they get. Right. Yes. And and from a practitioner and from a, you know, a end user myself, if I'm taking something, I want to prove it works. Right. So if I don't have befores and I don't have afters, like I'm just totally, guessing. So, totally. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure you're, you're like me and, and all of us in this kind of nerd space, we're always doing like six to eight experiments on ourselves. Oh, yeah. oh, so if yeah, I want this, sure. right, everybody else should have access to that too. So yeah, the more we can do to kind of make sure we are aligning with the best partners, the best kind of leaders in, in science to make sure that as, as it becomes available and reliable, mm -hmm. uh, forms of testing, can we, can we allow you to have those decisions? And, you know, if you are working on say, vitamin D, but you're not going to see your, your healthcare practitioner for another year. Like, all right, let yeah. me check six months in, you know, it's a quick little right. finger stick and I can just, the kit comes to me, I send it back. So yeah, the more we can kind of take that health technology and make it easier for athletes. I mean, for really anyone to, to yeah. be in control of their own healthcare journey. It's kind of what we're here for. Well, I, I like what you said, you know, we have to be the CEO of our own health and that that's really like that, that statement is pretty powerful, right? Yeah. I wanted, before we move on, I just want to shout out to this because you mentioned uh, the facility in Sandpoint and I don't remember what year it is. Uh, and if I did, I probably wouldn't say it anyway, because it was so long ago, but I actually got to visit in person, the facility in Sandpoint. And it was probably, man, I'm guessing probably 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. Anyway, I was blown away. I mean, literally blown away. Like I, you know, we had to dress every, you know, we had to put all the, whatever you're calling the booties, the hats, like everything I had to, you know, had a little goatee at the time. I had to cover that. Like 
And then we walked around the facility and what you were saying, even like with the wooden pallets, I saw it, like, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is legit. Right. So that was just, just a little uh, plug for Thorn because I was, that was my introduction to Thorn and I was blown away. So yeah, I had, a, for, I had yeah. a similar experience before, uh, before I officially joined. And when they were talking about launching the partner, I toured the, the Sandpoint facility. And so everything that comes into Thorn is, is quarantined in this own separate area until it can yep. go through all the testing. And there was just this big, you know, so they're showing us a quarantine area and there was this big thing of like cotton. And I was like, what is that? They're like, well, cotton's a huge, you know, source of pesticides. And if we're going to put it on top of our, and I was like, bro, I would, I, as a dietitian would never even think to think to ask that question. And you're already doing it behind scenes. So I was like, all right, if you're, if you're doing it without anyone knowing, then uh, it's one of those, like, what is, uh, I'm going to botch the quote, but like, what is it like your reputation is what you are when nobody's looking or whatever. Right. Right. So that was kind of the, I had already, you know, grown to know and like the company. And uh, when they were like, Hey, we're going to do this initiative. I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm choosing the right partner. If I'm, if we're going to be the leaders in, in, in fighting this battle against the bad supplement companies, I'm yep. with the right people. I'm we're, we're yeah. walking in the same direction. So yeah, I had the same, it's mind blowing. For sure. For sure. Oh, well, we definitely appreciate that. Okay. So let's shift into, Let's shift into a little bit more application. And I know you can't answer these 100% because there's, you know, you're going to use our favorite term in sport diet or sport nutrition is it depends, but let's put our listeners who have young athletes hat on, right? So I get this a lot. I like work with a lot of young athletes and their parents are like, oh, should my kids take supplements? What, what are we doing in the young athletes, young active person market in terms of supplements? Like what's the messaging that you you're, you're supporting, you're putting out. I don't want you, I don't want to pinhole you and say, Hey, what supplements should they take? Cause we don't know. Right. But what's coming up in the young athlete market. Yeah. So I, I would say the first, my first question to that or answer to that is always, uh, what's their calories look like. Right. So, uh, I think what a lot of people forget is that there's a huge biological cost to growing just puberty. Mm -hmm. Right. And then yeah. you're asking your body to do grow on top of. So, so often they're not even coming close to their calories. So like, all right, let's, like I said, let's, let's work on the foundational human before we work on the top 2%. Like, I don't know if yeah. you need a beta alanine protocol, if you're a thousand calories short. Right. Right. Um, right. But then it is, it is looking at, so I kind of look at supplements a couple different ways. Like, is it, you know, there's things like for me, like, away protein it's just dry milk right it's just a convenience right. form of a food right yes omega-3 convenience form of a so those kind of things i think if they're essentially food cheat codes or backup plans right yeah those supplements that uh, you know i don't necessarily have an issue with in the youth athletes so like omega-3 protein especially if there's any dietary restrictions or allergies and you're just eliminating a whole food group like there's that and then yeah. when we start looking at um you know, specific nutrients, you know, they this deficient or that deficient, do they need B vitamins, vitamins? Like that's a, that is a one size fits one kind of conversation, right? Yeah. But it has to be, it's never going to work if you're not foundationally hitting your nutrition needs. Right. Um, totally. But yeah. And then the second one is kind of like, what are your needs? Like, what are you asking your body and what's your actual intake? And ideally we have some, some um, data to back that up, right. To kind of inform that decision. I mean, you know, there's iron issues, especially, you know, a growing female athlete in her late teens, like, you know, that, that's a very real, real thing. So, uh, understanding that supplements are an answer sometimes mm -hmm. if it, I'm a big yes, if, or no, unless kind of guy, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. People, but just blindly taking a supplement, uh, 
one may not help because you may not be taking it correctly, but two may actually be doing some harm. So um, there's, there's that. And then, but we're seeing more because the, what a youth athlete is, is different from what, you know, you and I see. So um, mm-hmm. things like kind of on the, on the positive side, things like lutein and zeaxanthin, which are really help with the eyes and all the screen that they have screen time they have. But on the flip side, like you see the rise of people just blindly taking massive doses of melatonin, right? And, totally. you know, what is it, what does it take to put a nutrient in a gummy? Are you actually absorbing it? And then there's yes. the question of, are you tying health with candy and treats? Like that's a whole bigger conversation. So, so that it's kind of, I'm fighting things I didn't have to fight in the past where people are mm-hmm. just blindly, they, they are comfortable with supplements now. Um, and then on, on the flip side, there is science. that's kind of like, Hey, all right. So we've always known omega threes are important, but specifically when the brain's, you know, growing or post-concussion or whatnot. And then, you know, things like gut health as that grows, like, is it, is it just fiber? Is it prebiotics? Is it probiotics? And that science changing. So what I'm able to, my checklist of, are you hitting all these needs to produce a, healthy growing child that they can then perform my, my checklist is growing in my, okay, this is where you may be missing. So mm. my use of supplements has probably gone up or my potential use of supplements has probably gone off up in the youth. Uh, but on the, on the flip side, yeah, there are a lot more people that aren't as wary about the, or, you know, my, my favorite influencers taking it. Right. You know? Right. Oh, of course. Like Jordan, I mean, if Jordan took it, I would take it back in the day. So <laughs> totally. Yeah. So that's kind of where the youth market is now. It's uh, it's interesting, but there's more potential to be informed, but less people trying to be informed is what I would say. I imagine there is this overlap with some of the things you were just saying with regard to youth athletes or developing athletes who are young and then like moving into adult stages and maybe just recreational at, at level, athletic level, but some of the trends maybe that you've seen or concerns with recreational athletes in adult years, like the thought process or system to kind of decide. So are you seeing some changes in the last, you know, five years or so? And I was also curious about the emerging growth of uh, awareness, maybe of gender differences. I mean, are there a lot more specific supplements being created to target female athletes versus males and then gosh i'm sure that's a rabbit hole kind of question but could you speak to that yeah no it's an excellent one and i think it comes down to so the positive is that where science is out there like i said when when you know bob and i were getting started we had to uh extrapolate from other studies or like you mentioned male females like you can't just assume what happens in a male athlete is going to apply to a female athlete, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it's, it is really a one size fits one, but um, so I'll answer kind of the first part of, of where the, the trends are. So part of it is that science is what it's always like, what do I think? What, what do I know? What can I prove? We've always had to work between what I know, what I know is safe and what somebody will prove soon. But now mm-hmm. we're finally at the, the point where they are doing the research in the specific athlete populations. And we are able to make a lot Uh, easier. So the awareness in the practitioner side, the sports performance side of knowing when a supplement could be beneficial and knowing where to find good supplements, like that's, uh, that readiness is there, right. And athletes are asking for it and looking for it. So, um, and then there, I think there has been a trend away from just blindly taking a prescription medicine for, you know, inflammation management or this, that, the other thing. So, um, I think there's an awareness and a readiness specifically the more kind of elite you get in whatever field you are, 
it's a competitive world and it's a copycat world. So if you see somebody else doing it and uh, yeah. you know, they've worked with a dietitian and they're like, well, why are you taking that? You know, and you've never asked yourself that question. So now you have to have an answer for that. So I do think the idea of supplements as a, I like I can be optimal. I don't just have to be, you know, adequate, right? Like that's a whole concept that's I think relatively new. And I think for a while, because the research wasn't there, a lot of us were either skeptical or hesitant or yeah, if, or it probably won't hurt. Now we're able to yeah. definitively say like in this situation, here's a protocol and, you know, here's a protocol from this trusted source. So uh, I think that idea of finding that one size fits one, what you do, uh, I think when it comes to, you know, human performance, uh, I, I would say performance is personal. So whatever you're asking of your body, like, you know, if I'm trying to run my first 10 K after chemo, that's as personal to me as trying to, you know, make the Olympic platform. Right. Mm -hmm. And for some of those athletes, they have more adaptations to make. Right. So maybe supplementation is actually more beneficial at that one. So it's, it's, you know, what are your performance goals? You know, I'm doing a lot of work in the cognitive space, you know, esports, NASCAR, those kind of things, which is very brain heavy. You know, there's some physical demands, but it's, what are, what are you asking your body to do more of? And then what are the nutrients that that costs? Mm -hmm. And do you have them before enough beforehand? And are you putting them back in afterwards? Like as wildly complicated as the human body is like some of it's kind of simple. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so taking that back and, but giving people the, the empowerment and the knowledge to know like, okay, these are the demands of my sport or these are the demands of my, whatever I'm trying to excel at. Um, how can I support the body through that, through diet, through, you know, behaviors and, you know, potentially through supplementation. And then yeah. I think for the, the, the female question, yeah, it's, you know, again, similar to the sports world, we're finally getting some actual research in actual females and we're not just extrapolating from men. Uh, so I think there's a lot there, but I think one of the thing conversations we're having a lot with athlete with female athletes is not only the impact training has on the body and energy availability and all that, and that potential, that's a whole, I'm sure you've had guests talk about that in the past, but then the potential negative impact on your fertility down the road, like you aren't going to be an athlete forever and you're going to want to have a family and you know, I, I think prenatal is one of the most poorly named uh, supplements because, you know, from your first cycle till menopause, you, ha you have extra needs and those needs change throughout the month. And it's not at all my area of expertise, but like, yeah, they're wildly different demands and, and biological costs to being a female, a, a menstruating female, a pregnant lactating female. And then an athlete on top of that. So mm -hmm. yeah, uh, we are finally starting to get, and it's crazy that it's taken this long for people to really just, you know, I mean, uh, it, it's new in the world where coaches are finally like, oh, wait, no, you should like missing your period. Isn't normal. That's not part of yeah. just being a great athlete. You don't have to be doing that. Right. So mm -hmm. uh, I love, I love the awareness is there. And again, that there's, you know, there are more and more people talking about it. You know, I know um, Serena Williams was a big proponent of it. You know, she had some, some, positive. Then we just, you know, unfortunately, you know, lost an Olympic runner due to, you know, preeclampsia during pregnancy. And it's, it's mm -hmm. a, it's a, it's not something that's talked about nearly enough is the demands uh, on the body of being an athlete, being a pregnant athlete or being a lactating athlete. So yeah. um, I'm glad that the awareness is there, but we have a lot more work to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely agree with that one. Okay. Let's move up the pyramid to kind of the last you know, we kind of want to hit young athletes, kind of the recreational and then female, but now let's go to that kind of the top tier, right? The few percentage of the athletes who will actually be drug tested, right? So we're talking collegiate, talking Olympic, talking professional, what are, what's, what's the conversation around supplements with these guys and girls and, and what do we need to know? What do they need to know? 
Yeah. So I think there's a lot of like, there's performance things that we know as far as like, you know, creatine, beta alanine, electrolytes, all mm. the kind of things like physically when you're on the field and, and training and competing, uh, those are kind of at that level they're no brainers. They're accepted parts, but I've said, you know, I've, I've said it on this time, I spent way too much in my early career trying to get that one or 2% at the top, re- not realizing I'm dealing with a 60% human, right? Like mm. I would say like, all your body wants to do is not die. That's its job, right? It does. It's right. not supposed to be optimal, right? So until yep. you those foundation and you check off all these warning lights, then your body's like, all right, let's do this great, amazing thing. Right. So a lot of what we do are it's, it's bit blood work based and it's, it's a lot of magnesium. It's a lot of omega three. It's a lot of, you mm. know, vitamin D iron management. Like it's not sexy, but that's really what actually happens is uh, when the body's not panicking, it can do some great things, but uh, yeah. it's never going to do great things at the expense of survival. So yeah, um, yeah it really is. It, it is coming back to that. You know, I, tell you know people everyone who dietitians are like oh, clinical i was like i'm doing medical nutrition therapy every day <laughs> exactly. it's just wins and losses versus life and death which is a much happier place for me but yeah right. it's it's it is it's it's the it's sports is intentional trauma right so you have to treat it as such and and have a plan for it and you know it's also you know in periodizing your your training and your nutrition is, is a kind of a you know, concept you pioneered but it yeah are you post-surgical are you like you would never not see a dietitian in the hospital for a a shoulder repair right right you would never not have a post-surgical uh procedure and you know until recently you know you know i'd work with teams and they're like well why do you need to meet with our pt i was like because i can't do what i do if i don't know what they're doing you know and exactly so so it is that and then that kind of leads to that's how else you excel is having that multidisciplinary team around you because yeah you know I, I had a coach once tell me he's like you know kind of pulled the different strength and nutrition and psych and rehab he's like listen this guy's not lying he's feeling this you figure yeah. out why right and at the elite level athletes know themselves so well totally and it's it, it's and it's sometimes it is the combination and you know i always tell the story we had a guy that cramped on game days and we you know we did everything trying to figure out and then you know on the you know six weeks into this uh one of the equipment guys is like, oh, because he wears the crap shoes on Sunday because he's sponsored by them, but that's the only oh. time he wears them. So he's spatting different and he's a nervous guy. So he's bouncing up and down. So he's just firing different muscles. And I was like, oh, so it's not cramping. It's not electrolyte. It's not this. It was yeah. but until that team is there to really surround you and support you and ask all the questions to get to the answer. Uh, dumbest I've ever felt in my career. But uh, yeah, it's uh, that's important too, <laughs> is, is making sure that you have the experts around you and that those experts are talking to your other experts. So important. And and real quick to finish this little topic off. I mean, I love what you said. Like it's not sexy sometimes about these supplements, right? Because a lot of times when I'm presenting to this specific group, you know, they're like, what do I do to, to, to get that extra 10th of a second or whatever it is. Right. And you're like, okay, we're talking about vitamin D and fish oil. And they're like, what? Like that's no, that's not a supplement. Right. And you're like, no, 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 you don't understand how important these are. (laughs) So I guess that's a good message for our listeners is yeah, we, we do start with the non-sexy ones, right? Because that's, that's where the data is. We can test those, we can measure those. And sometimes the quote unquote unquote, sexy ones are the marketing claims and the, like you were saying, kind of the not so good practices uh, that we're seeing from some companies. So I just wanted to reaffirm that a little bit. Yeah. I think the best is when you, you do a minor, what they perceive as minor change like adequate calories or proper sleep right like, dude i feel amazing blah, blah, blah. it's like yeah that's how you should feel all the time like exactly. athletes we've normalized such suffering like you shouldn't have to make noises when you stand up out of bed right your gut shouldn't yeah. be jacked up the entire in season like you don't have to do that like appreciate how much uh gumption you have to do it but like 
it doesn't have to suck that bad. And that's what I'm here for, you know? Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So true. We have a burning question. We want to know what supplements do you take currently? Yeah. So and I'm why? a, and why? yeah, uh, I'm a magnesium guy all the time. I'm a lifelong poor sleeper. Uh, and, uh, one, I can't, see all the literature and research about how low magnesium levels are. It's just dropped off in our food supply among other things, but yeah. uh, it's one of the few things that, that help me sleep. And uh, I'm not a sedative kind of guy. So it's nothing that knocks you out, but it's involved in like 600 different reactions of the body. So I need it anyway. Uh, but yeah. especially I travel a lot. So I'm always like, not my bed, not my room, you know, it just kind of, yeah. for me, slides me into sleep a little bit more. So that's one of my, you know, always travel with. Um, and then we have a product called Cynical. We just kind of came out with, uh, it was, it was made with, um, in conjunction with researchers from the Mayo Clinic. We were originally looking at concussions and just what are the nutrients the brain needs is post-concussion, right? Um, so hopefully we'll be able to make some, you know, our first research paper came out on sub-concussive uh, product um, injuries in, in hockey and what that looked like and how the brain responded with, with the, the Cynical product. But as we were kind of developed, I was like, these are just nutrients the brain uses. So I've always been a big proponent in the, in the, you know, in the athlete spaces, we don't do that much for the brain or the central nervous system. And a lot of times that can be rate limiting, especially come the end of a season when you're trying to peak. Uh, so just being at a point where we are with science, say, all right, these are nutrients the brain uses in a form that gets there. Right. But I've started using it. I, I was using it with, uh, you know, kind of the, the cognitive athletes, the, you know, the esports, the gamers, um, NASCAR drivers, you know, quarterbacks, goalies. But then I was like, wait, I'm using my brain a lot as well. I'm not physically performing like these guys are, uh, but rather than my third cup of coffee, that's just going to blunt, uh, blunt my reaction time. Uh, so it's a mix of things like nutrients. So it's got, you know, some ketone bodies in there, some great B vitamins, a little magnesium, but then it's got some also brain supportive structure stuff like DHA and curcumin which can handle you know some of the inflammation in the brain so i've been using that kind of as i, I call it my pre my pre-work not my pre-workout okay. but uh, yeah. uh so that's that's something for me because i'm always super interested in the brain um and then i'm always kind of cycling through different supplements to um you know i'm always on my my gut health but i'm, I'm kind of working on like a ton of fermenting a ton of stuff because i'm a nerd right so i'm like all right oh, let me look at food it. so i'm doing fermentation over there so i was like all right let me try something else so a lot of times i'm dealing with gut health um but yeah those are kind of my two everyday ones that i'm playing with right now and then we've got uh i'm loving the research on uh like mushroom and mushroom blends and it's a food uh kind of uh mouthfeel that i'm not ever going to eat enough of right so yeah uh, we have a greens powder that has, it's a decent greens powder, I mean, good greens powder, but it's got a really awesome, uh, uh, mushroom blend in there. So I'm just trying to see all these different things that can help me stay alert and focus and do what I'm asking my body to do the most of. That's not just, you know, caffeine and the same old green tea I've been drinking for 20 years. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's where I am. I'm always trying to, uh, stay at kind of the forefront of, of what's new and kind of be seeing how that works on me. Um, but then it is just the foundationals. It's the D it's the, you know, curcumin. Cause I'm, I put my body through a lot, you know, yeah. uh, the, just the foundational stuff, the not sexy stuff, but yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I'm playing with. Nice. What type of magnesium can I ask really quick? So I use the, uh, we use the bisglycinate at Thorn. Uh, okay. That's how I found it because, uh, most of the ones out there, you know, this is a perfect example you mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, we use Magox in the hospital or Mag. Yep. That's intended to be for laxative purposes, yes, not what I'm trying yes. to give an athlete who right. has a higher demand, right? So it's just a form. And, you know, as you dig into the research, it's it's the most, one of the more absorbable forms, like 
citrates up there. There's other forms. So we, we have a couple different forms. I just personally take the glycinate because it's in a powder and there's only so many capsules I can take a day. Right. Um, but, and then there's like the three and eight side, which is a little bit more brain. Like it gets the brain, you know, the glycinate and they can get there, but it kind of plays with the brain a little bit better. That's at least what the research is starting to suggest. So, right. you know, it really depends like, yeah, what like magnesium in the body, total magnesium body stores, uh, they're all going to increase them. It's just, can your gut handle it or what is your actual intended? Like for me, it's the sleep and the kind of calming of the muscles that works for me. Uh, maybe three and eight is not the right one for me there. You know what right. I mean? So it's yeah. uh, again, even within, within supplement, within individual ingredients there, the more we know, the the more complicated it gets, but th- hopefully we're, we're providing that education with it. Yeah. Which in the reason why I asked you that specifically, because our listeners, I get this all the time. I'm sure Dina, you do too. Oh, I'm taking magnesium. And that's where the conversation stops. You're like, well, but what type? And and the the people are like, what are you talking about? What type? It's just magnesium. I'm like, oh no, it's not just magnesium. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we trying to do? Yeah. So listeners, we have to, if you're taking magnesium, we have to look at the different type because it does have a little bit of different effects on the body. So fantastic. We love hearing uh, you know, obviously your your personal uh story with the supplements too. Do we, you know, before we roll into our our ending fab your high five questions for you, but anything that we forgot, anything that you want to highlight or bring up that we didn't chat about? Yeah, I think the other thing I failed to mention when you're looking at supplement companies and trying to figure out the best one is is do they have research behind it? Is it if they read a blog article, does it have resources like are they tied to a dietitian, a doctor, somebody with a healthcare practitioner? Um, you know, because even even some of the, the, the better companies, they may have an advisory board, right? But they're right. that's just somebody that's a spoken. It, it is a marketing deal, like better than you know a celebrity with no credentials. But like one of the things I love about Thorn and, and some of the other companies is that you know there's thirty or forty full time people, credentialed people that are that are on our staff. So instead of just oh. being like, hey, can you give us your opinion once once a year? it's they're like we need you every day all day so um looking at that and just making sure like who are they tied to who are they partnered with like if it's a if it's a team that trusts them generally you know they've done some homework on is this safe for our athletes you know are they you know we're partnered with mayo clinic that answers a lot of questions especially for moms you know and we have a lot of research but we let other people do the research it's not just hey this um our resource, our uh, reference paper on this topic is one that we wrote ourselves in design to uh prove exactly what we wanted to say and it's not published anywhere nobody else has looked at it right so right. yeah so when you're trying to figure that out i always like even if you're just google searching best forms of magnesium i just throw rd or dietitian or dot edu or something at the end of it to be like all right let me weed out some of this garbage yeah right um yes. so so i think that's a just trying to get people as, as fast as they can to find good nutrition information there Amazing. Love it. Oh my gosh. Oh, Joel, thank you so much. And I, I also wanted to thank you just on behalf of all the dietitians, sport dietitians. You're such a resource and a guide for all of us, a, a big mentor in the field. I know you're so helpful, even for newer dietitians out there on some of the listservs uh, where people post questions. So thank you for all that you do, not only in the supplement industry and the work that you do with Thorn, but all the resources you provide. Incredible. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it is still as much as I'm an old man in the industry, it's still a very young industry. So we're, we're also mentoring each other. Right. So I th- that's yeah. what I love about the the industry is like, like we talk about being the CEO of your health. I don't, I'm not, I was stuck. I'm not a pregnant and lactation uh, expert, but I've got my, my, you know, three dietitians I call for that. You know, I, yeah. I talk, I had a strength coach whose wife had uh, twins and gestational diabetes. I was like, I could tell you what was true 10 years ago. 
I don't mm-hmm. know, right? So it is it is the fact that the industry is is very supportive of each other and it, it's one of the few places where I can call any number of people and be like, I have no idea. Or uh, yeah. did I read this correctly? Right. So yeah. it, it is such a great and unique uh profession. So and I'm really glad that everything you guys are doing to put the put the word out there and, and have these conversations. So yeah, it's a it's a great place to be and I love it. Yay. Keep doing what you're doing. Great. Well, as we kind of roll into the last segment here, we've got five questions we put together for you, semi-rapid fire, although a few of them might take an extra second or two to think through, but just a few questions so the listeners and us can learn a little more about you. The first question, Joel, a little a little odd, but if you put your little imaginary thinking cap on, pretend you're on a deserted island, stranded, and you're going to be rescued, you just don't know when, what would be three things that you would want to have with you to get through that situation? God, all right. I would say the nerd in me would probably do some kind of uh, fishing so I can survive, right? Like the, yep, oh, yep. food first always, right? What a dietitian, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Then I would probably play some kind of book or something just because me left to my own devices. I think of way too many things. Right. So I need that kind of distraction. And then third one, that's a, it's a hard to limit it down. Right. Yeah. Uh, I would probably similar to the, the book is I, I don't play an instrument, but I'd have to figure out some way to make music or like just some kind of creative outlet for sure. Um, and I've watched enough survival things in my head. I could, uh, could make everything else from the, from the (laughs) Island, but, uh, I, I'm a hundred percent like 72 hours max, but like, let's be honest. Uh, I would say, yeah, probably, probably also like a a flint if I was being like actually realistic about what I would need. But yeah, for me personally, it'd be some kind of entertainment and then, uh, a fish hook so I can get my omegas in. Love it. Love it. Okay. Number two for you, Joel, what is a favorite hobby of yours? Yeah, so I'm a my kind of favorite, and I love science is proving now is really anything outdoors. Uh, I always it's just uh, how it makes me. I grew up in the in Rhode Island in the Ocean State, so uh, for me, uh, any time of stress, even like a minor, like you know, I lived in Scottsdale for a little while, and uh, like the fact that I could see a mountain every day, right? So really, anything else outdoors. Um, currently, I mentioned briefly, uh, super into fermenting right now because it allows me to be a nerd, but also eat. So, uh, you know, two of my favorite things. So those are kind of my two big hobbies right there for sure. Love it. Love it. Question number three in the nerd realm here, but when you're doing some experimentation testing on yourself, do you have like a, a certain kind of biomarker blood test or otherwise that you tend to like get really, really nerdy with and, and do frequently? Yeah. So uh, fortunately, because I have, you know, I've had access between working in hospitals, athletic departments and Thorne, I've had access to do blood work. So I'm a big fan of, you know, and of, and of one studies, right. To just prove what I'm doing. Um, but I do also, there is, you know, making sure I'm pretty intentional about how I feel and what I see, like making sure, like uh, I try and do change, not that many things at once, but, you know, or, or even vice versa, like, Hey man, I've felt really rested these last couple of days. What backwards, you know, revision, like what have I been doing? So I think a lot of it is, um, if you don't have access to those things, uh, really looking at how you feel and kind of tying those, what I did to what the outcome is. Right. And, you know, I think that's important for athletes too. Like if they're like, Hey, my, my bench stunk today. Was it me? Was it overtraining? Is it under recovery? Is it all this stuff? So, um, not just kind of, you don't have to have these, these amazing blood work to do 
Um, so what I want to do a lot more is really dive into, uh, as the science is, is kind of getting robust enough is, is the microbiome testing and, and seeing, you know, mm-hmm. what can that make me know what I did, you know, in the last six months, how does that impacting me and what's changing? Cause I think, I think, gosh, the science changes so fast, but what the gut is telling us, I think is going to be super impactful. I think probably in my mind, this is the Joel tutorial version is I think we'll get to personalized medicine even faster through the biome than necessarily genetics. Cause there's just so many variables to figure out in genetics. And it's, you know, we, you know, we don't have a genetic test cause there's too many markers where people could make lifelong decisions or, or changes that off a 2% chance of expressing. Right. And we just mm-hmm. don't know enough to make it, you know, if you're not working one-on-one with somebody who really gets it, but yeah, I think that where the biome is going um, I would like to dive into that a little bit more, but yeah, blood work when you can. And then, uh, that's what I love about as scientists, you know, the fact that I can just do a saliva test and be like, all right, now, you know, I've got a little better rather than, yeah. you know, um, you know, having to do a full on blood draw and make an appointment and find an appointment that's open for a doctor. So, yeah. Perfect. I'm, I'm looking into the crystal ball and I'm foreseeing a follow-up episode with you on the microbiome. So we'll, we'll push pause on that for sure. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Number four, super easy coffee, tea, or cocoa. Uh, I'm a coffee and a tea guy. Um, okay. I love, uh, I'm a coffee guy, big time. Always have been, yeah. uh, I kind of get, I I've attempted to roast my own. It went awful, but, uh, oh, wow. So a bit like always a food nerd, but, uh, yeah, tea, I've I've been doing a lot probably in the last like 15, 20 years, but, um, you know, working with some of our, our research and design, you know, they're always looking at different teas and different natural components. So, uh, I've been playing with a lot of different versions of teas and yeah. And, uh, cocoa, I, I liked as a child, it's not a hot, sweet kind of guy, but, Mm. uh, definitely some, some benefits there, but then. You, you know, you look at the research, like, do you have, like how much raw cocoa are you actually going to eat? Right. So right, I, don't, right. I don't know. If, I don't know if my Swiss miss is cutting it, but uh, no. yeah, definitely a huge coffee and tea guy for sure. Nice. Okay. All right. Last question. Uh, number five here. If you had one piece of advice to give to all the athletes out there, what would that piece of advice be? God, listen to your dietitian. Um, oh, right. It's <laughs> probably, it's probably one, but no, I think it, I think it is uh realistically is surround yourself, build that team of experts around you, whatever it is in your life. It's, it's too hard to be uh, a top performer and be the best financial planner. You can be the best dietitian. You can be the best. So yeah, build your, build your board of governors, your, you know, whatever it is, it goes back to being the the CEO of you. That's kind of my advice. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Well, I cannot, Dean and I cannot express our gratitude. Seriously, this, I mean, we could talk to you for hours, but we, of course, we want to be respectful of your time. And of course, our listeners time, because they're like, man, there's so much great information here. But thank you again. We would love to have you on the the podcast again. And and I'm not kidding with the whole microbiome thing. Um, I What did kind of hit me also is maybe a cognitive one too, because I'm, I'm doing a lot there also. And I, I appreciate that, that side of it. But we just, again, gratitude purely. I mean, we so appreciate everything you're doing for our trade, but also for our listeners, for our consumers, because Thorn Research is, I mean, you guys are literally just on top. Well, I'm being biased here, but you're just on top of the of the industry. So we appreciate all the research, all of the, even the website. I mean, listeners go to their website. We'll put it in the show notes. I mean, it's easy, thorn.com, right? But 
thorn with an E, as you mentioned earlier. Right. But it's just, I like, I love it because like when an athlete says, well, how do I find NSF certified? I'm like, go to thorn.com, click on shop, click on NSF certified, like, bam, good, good to go. You can see all of them. So it just takes the guesswork out of it. So long-winded way of saying thank you for your time. We so appreciate it. And if we could just leave it, D, I'm going to wrap this up if you don't mind. Cause, and I'm just going to quote Joel, uh, because I love your answer to the, to the last question. Um, you know, listen to your dietitian. And I guess with that listeners, we're going to end our episode. Have a great one. We'll see you on the next one. All right. Thank you again for joining us for this episode number 96 with Joel Totoro. Hopefully you got some clarity around dietary supplements. And if not, you still have some lingering questions uh, related to the world of supplements, you can feel free to drop us an email over at hello at insidesportsnutrition.com. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Bob and I are chatting about biotics, pre, post, and probiotics, what they are, and just covering some basics about this category of, we'll call it nutrients for lack of a better term, uh, why you want to be paying attention and what the differences are. So stay tuned for that coming your way next week. If you have any sort of nutrition need or physiological testing need, curious about nutrition coaching, uh, biomarker testing, and so on, you can reach out to Bob or myself. Uh, reach out to Bob over at energyperformance.com, E-N-R-G-performance.com, or myself, Dina, over at nutritionmechanic.com. And we greatly appreciate your support. If you have a minute to share a favorite episode with a friend, training partner, family member, uh, coach, and so on, um, that would be great. You can tag us over on Instagram, ISN Podcast. We'd love to connect with you and find out your interests in sport nutrition. So it would be awesome to connect with you there. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests involved and do not represent a replacement for medical consultation with your doctor. The information and opinions provided here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, prevent any disease or medical condition. This podcast is for information, education, and entertainment purposes only. <laughs>